Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. I'm your host, Ed, and we have a transfer-heavy podcast for you today. We're just going to go ahead and gloss over that 3-2 loss to uh, Osaka in the preseason there. Uh, But there's been a couple of official announcements, as well as some intriguing details to the ongoing Kylian Mbappe saga. Plus, there's a surprise transfer uh, rumor that bubbled up last week that we absolutely need to discuss. So here to help me do all that, let's bring him on in. We've got Ethan from PSG Fan Club Boise. You can follow him, as you can see on screen, at PSG underscore Boise. Ethan, uh, the biggest news that I guess we need to discuss, Fabrizio Romano, um, his report that came out on Sunday, when we are recording on Sunday here, Sunday evening our time, uh, he came out and, and said that Barcelona's Usman Dembele has told PSG he does in fact want to join the club and PSG will trigger a reported 50 million euro buyout clause. And if I read it correctly, only half of that is going to go to Barcelona what is your initial reaction to this? Uh, uh, not official transfer, but it seems all but official. Yeah, yeah, it does seem just about done. Um, my first reaction is that not that we're fleecing Barcelona here, because I'll give you my opinion on Dembele here in a second, but uh, it is weird how Barcelona recently has set these release clauses for players and then they're apparently too low because we've triggered Neymar's at 222 million back in the day, which I still will. I will always think that is just too much. Um, I know that we couldn't really have negotiated for him, but still the, that figure will always bug me. But uh, that wasn't enough uh, to keep us away. And now there's 50 million for Dembele isn't going to keep us away. So um, Barcelona, they might just need to, just with all their signings, make it a mandatory thing. Hey, your release clause is going to be 200 million or more. I know that on a lot of their guys like Gavi and Pedri, they've put a billion dollar release clauses. And I, I guess if they really want to dying to keep players, they might just need to make that a, uh, a rule. Hey, if you're going to sign a contract with us, your release clause is going to be absolutely massive sort of thing. So um, yeah, kind of funny that we're doing this all over again. We're going to get a pretty well-known attacking player from Barcelona on a release clause again. Um, but my take on on him, if, if you want me to dive into that a little bit, I won't go on too long, but um, I had a tweet a couple days ago when all this this rumor kind of came out, and I went up and did the math, and based on transfer marked, Dembele and Neymar have both missed 119 matches exactly since the beginning of the 2017-18 season, which is when Neymar joined PSG. So he's just about as injury prone as Neymar, but... It's even more concerning to me because a lot of his injuries have been non-contact. Whereas Neymar's, he's always getting his ankles just absolutely crushed by defenders. So um, that, I mean, another injury-prone guy, I I don't think we need that. Uh, I honestly, just at face value right here, if I had to give a quick opinion, I would have said I'd rather have spent $50 on someone like Bradley Barcola. You know, a younger player. It doesn't necessarily have to be Barcola from Lyon, but... Just a younger winger that is shows a lot of promise, opposed to Dembele, who is 26. He's about at his prime. You know, he might get a little bit better, but obviously the issue is that he's always injured. So um, it's just it's just like the Neymar transfer. It's just like the Lucas Hernandez transfer. If he can stay healthy and he can play 80, he can be available for 90% of games in a season then I'm sure this would be a great transfer. It's just whether that's going to happen or not, I feel like will be the decider. So our medical team might be real busy this season. Yeah, it's a good thing we have that new training facility. I was just looking up some of his injuries. You're right, hamstring injury, hamstring injury. Uh, He had a knee injury in 2021, 2022, kept him out for 14 games. I mean, he's missed that that last hamstring injury suffered in um, January of this year, kept him out for 17 games. So He's certainly been through it when it comes to injuries, and, and you look at the other players, uh, PSG signed, like you said, Lucas Hernandez, injury um, history, you're worried about him. Skriniar came here with a back injury, we know about Neymar's issues. It seems like the motto or the theme for this season is if they can stay healthy. You know, if we can stay healthy and keep uh, guys on the pitch, we've got a really good squad then it also made me think, like, in today's modern football world, what player really isn't hit with a lot of injuries when you look at the amount of games these guys are playing? I mean, is there ever 
maybe Erling Haaland, maybe because uh, he, he's a robot, but uh, pretty much everyone else, I mean, goes through injury spells here and there just because of the sheer amount of games. So maybe this is just the, the world that we're facing. But it does seem like we are having an affinity for signing players who are coming off of uh, pretty significant injuries. So um, I, I think it's interesting that we are signing uh, Dembele, who is the player that Barcelona signed to replace when we took Neymar from them, uh, paying the buyout. I think... Um, you know, just reading Twitter, Barcelona fans very upset, saying that Dembele wasn't loyal, and then also saying, "Oh, you know, he's he's always injury prone. Him and Neymar are gonna have a competition who can spend the most time in the infirmary." So they're a little salty about it. So that makes me feel good. So from that perspective, I like it. What do you think about this, Ethan? Is there something going on with Mbappe here? Could he stay? Could he maybe opt into that additional year? Him and Dembele, good friends. They play on the national team. Is this an Mbappe signing? Could we potentially keep him, get him to sign a new deal? Is that what all this is for? And and that's why we're having this massive transfer window with all these new players come in. Is is do you think there's a potential for that? I think there's potential that that's uh, you know a, a reality, but um, I think we I think we know that. It's it's not all for Mbappe. You know, it, maybe it's an Mbappe-approved transfer. Maybe it's something that the club is thinking, yeah, this will only better our relationship with Killian. But uh, I think Luis Enrique and Luis Campos are, uh, I think they're a bit, little bit too smart to make, at this point, to make signings that are just going to be for that man on the screen there. So, um, I mean, uh, I still just don't think... I don't see Mbappe staying still, um, although it's just tough to see. I feel like my opinion on that might change every single week. But um, I, I don't think it's all for him. I, it definitely helps, though. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough to say. Yeah, but it sounds like, you know, you've thought about this. So I don't know. What's, what's your take on this? I mean, I think Mbappe is still going to go. But this whole thing, and we're going to get into this the next topic with Mbappe. Maybe we can start to segue into that. But like the whole Instagram thing with the three nines and he's in Monaco. And I don't know. Everything's like very cryptic. And he surprised us last time by signing that two-year deal. This would just be out of nowhere. This would be crazy if he signed a, a new uh, contract. He, he's friends with Dembele. Maybe that's working behind the scenes. We'll have to see. Um, this is a, a very important week coming up. Ethan, let's just talk about it. Um, let me pull up my notes here because with Mbappe, I mentioned the Instagram story he posted. And we're, we're hearing that Real Madrid are reportedly willing to spend up to 230 million euro for Mbappe. Uh, ben Jacobs reported that Mbappe has until midnight on Tuesday to trigger that extension in his contract. Um, I think it's unlikely he changes his mind, but he's going to re- also receive a loyalty bonus this week. Um, what sort of answers do you think we'll get this week from Mbappe, whether he's going or maybe he does either stay for a year or maybe he triggers that extension? But how do you see this all playing out? What are we going to hear this week? Uh, yeah, good. That's good questions. My guess is that, um, yeah, I don't think Mbappe's mindset is going to change too much. Just like you said, uh, I don't think he'll be triggering that extension. Um, I think, you know, I, I know the source that you were, uh, I can't remember his name, but it, yeah, it was a Spanish speaking guy from ESPN, uh, that, that gave that reported, you know, Real Madrid are willing to spend 200 or 230 million. I don't think they'll bid anywhere near that, but, um, uh, yeah, I think I mean, it is interesting thinking that Mbappe is probably just waiting, you know, in, in two days or so. He's going to get an easy... Fayez, I believe, is the... Yeah, the that was... Yeah, you're right. That was his name. But um, yeah, it's weird to think that Mbappe is getting, you know, 30, 40, 60, whatever this actual... Whatever the actual number is, reported loyalty bonus. And of course, we've gone over the irony of it being called a loyalty bonus. But um, I think, yeah, in the next couple of days, or the next week, I think it will be kind of... I don't think we'll get a bid from Madrid yet. I've heard reports that, uh, you know, not sure whether they're true or not, but I've heard reports that they have tried to meet with him, you know, on on a potential contract extension, and he's refused to meet with them. He said, no, I'm not interested, you know, kind of a thing. So, um, yeah, I think in the next week or so, it'll be 
abundantly clear whether Mbappe will uh, be a PSG player at the end of 2024. I don't think that a transfer will happen next week, though. I think it might be it might begin next week, but this kind of transfer, I think it's gonna it's gonna take a couple weeks to figure out if the deal is gonna happen, and if so, what Madrid are willing to pay for him. So that's my guess. But I want to know what what are you what are, I, what is your I, take on this? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, he, he's gonna take the the bonus absolutely. Um, I don't think he's going to opt into the third year of his current contract. I don't think Real Madrid submit any offer next week. So, unfortunately, I've got nothing spicy. I think it's just going to be a lot of tension, a lot of uh, Fabrizio wannabes out there trying to like report things to, to up their follower count on X. It used to be uh, Twitter. But, yeah, so I think we're going to get a lot of that. I don't think anything's going to happen. I really find it hard to believe that Real Madrid are willing to go up to 230 right now. That seems excessive and unnecessary because yeah. I think PSG would accept 150 for him right now. Like, why would you go up to that one? And the report says they're ready to pay up to 230, but I, I just I don't think that number is accurate. Yeah, at yeah, all. I, I I agree. I think that that number of 230 is. Uh, there was a, a video made by Tifo Football. If you guys don't follow them, they, they've got a really good YouTube page. They always got pretty good videos. Uh, a big Premier League bias, I think. You know, more most of their videos are about the Premier League, but pretty sure they're based in London, so I get it. But uh, Tifo Football, they did a video this week on, you know, uh, it was a bit of a tactical analysis at the beginning on what Mbappe could do for Madrid and how they could kind of play and, you know, pros and cons of having him there tactically. And then the second half of their video, uh, like I said, released just a couple days ago, he was talking about whether Real Madrid really could sign him, whether they've got the money. And uh, I just, I would just go look at that if you guys, if anyone hasn't seen it, you want to know a little bit more about it. But I would bet that that 230 number is, you know, that's what they've got in the bank. That's their current balance. So technically they could spend 230 because that's what they have in their pocket right now. But yeah, they're not going to bid anywhere near that. I think their first bid is going to be, um, I don't know, I, I would say. Well, I there's a report that what we could expect if we do get something, and I'm scrolling through Twitter to find it, but they said expect like a low insulting type bid. Yeah, maybe I like saw that. 80, 80 mil? Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was going to, that's what I was referring to. Yeah, thanks for yeah reading off the, the tweet that, yeah, some report that they're going to have some ridiculously low bid. And, um, I know that a lot of people disagree with me on, on this, uh, but I, I think if it comes down to it on the last day of the window, a hundred million you sell him. If it's you know less than ninety, then honestly, I would probably just keep him at that point, uh, just because that's at that point. Yeah, the money would be nice, the ninety mil plus the salary off the books. But at that at that point, it'd be sort of a pride thing. Um, and although I'm always talking about how our how QSI is pretty prideful and they don't like to sell their high value players. Um, I think that that's not the worst kind of mentality if it comes to it. So um, not that I think we should just be, you know, Oh, 200 million or bust. Like that's just not realistic. So, um, but I, yeah, I think, yeah, I do think that we're going to get some bid that's going to be well below that a hundred million figure. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, I guess that's all I got on that. Yeah. And and if you think about it, um, you know, if they did go and because I was kind of adding it up and you're this is more of your wheelhouse, but PSG has spent around what one hundred and sixty million euros so far. If they're able to get that back just by, you know, selling off Mbappe, that would be fantastic. But he, here's the the key that I think PSG need to keep in mind: transfer window, I believe, closes September first. I was just looking that up, September first. Basically, you've got a month if you're going to let Mbappe go. I think what PSG need to do is go to Real Madrid, call him up, or go and, and go to Mbappe and say, this is the deadline. Whatever you all are going to do, it needs to be done by this date. We need an offer. Mbappe, you need to say whatever it is you want to say if you want to stay with us. But like this is you have to draw a line in the sand. You can't wait until two days before the transfer window closes you get all this money for Mbappe, but then you can't spend it. So I would, 
if not this week, it has to be next the, the following week to give you enough time to bring in, you know, Harry Kane still out there. What's the Benfica striker, Ramos? Yeah, Ramos. Yeah, if you could sign him. Balogun uh, from Arsenal, potentially. So there's other players you could sign because PSG absolutely need a striker. So that's how I would play it. Because like at the end of the day, if you're only if they're only going to go up to maybe eighty, a hundred million, I think P. I mean, it wouldn't be great, but I think they could probably withstand that. And maybe you just keep them for one more season. And with the team that you've assembled, I would if, if you're able to still sign a decent striker. I mean, PSG would have to be one of the favorites to win the Champions League. If you just if again, if everyone can stay healthy. So I think yeah, draw that line in the sand, make a deal, or you're staying with us, and you just roll the dice, and maybe you win the Champions League in the last season. Um, and, and you keep Mbappe. Now, if he wants to cause turmoil and all that, then I do think, you know, he might have to just sit on the bench and not play. Um, but what do you think about that? Just kind of setting the ultimatum of getting a deal in before the end of the transfer window. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said at the end there, where if we get some bid and it's just it's less than 100 or whatever uh, number that PSG are going to decide on as the bare minimum they take, uh, then I'm with you. Go out and get a striker we're going to sell other guys uh this year so i know people are uh they're always mentioning uh to me how i'm so concerned about our our net spend our transfer net spend and the wage bill but um getting Messi and ramos and some other guys off the books are have been so big that even though our net spend right now uh on, if you look on transfer marked it's something like 128 million we've really only spent uh, a net of about 80 or 90 million just because the the wages that we've got off the books are so much larger than the wages that we brought in so we've only really spent 90 million uh, and and given we could probably spend up to like 200 and still come out of this year with a, a pretty good you know financial uh being a decent financial spot so i would say yeah definitely if we can't get a bid of like over 100 mil then just keep him and play him and and maybe like you said the team could be good enough to where say that we've got a great ucl run maybe we just <laughs> repeat 2021 all over again um hopefully not that would kind of be rough but if we can't sell him then i guess we're just gonna have to hope for that so uh but i would actually say when you said about the ultimatum you know give him a deadline like august 15th august 20th something like that is the last day you can bid i would actually disagree with that i wouldn't do that if i was a club i know it's a little risky and it gives us less time but um and i know people that are uh, much more reactionary than than i am would definitely disagree with this when i say you know if we can't sign a left winger or someone who's going to be a, a kind of a left inside forward like he's been for us or you know we're probably not going to replace him at that exact role but if we can't get someone to directly replace him for august then i th i think that's not the worst thing ever uh, if we sell him for 130 or 140 right at the end of the window but we don't replace him let's just rely on some of the guys that we've had you know yeah we might be kind of limping through our champions league group and maybe we don't even place first but the january transfer window exists for a reason now i get that it's there's rarely ever massive moves in the january window but we would have the financial capabilities to do so, obviously. But this uh, is why so, I go back to Xavi Simmons. Why did we let him go? He would be a perfect that. replacement. It would. I'm. It is such a bummer now that. Yeah, I wish we just kept him. And it, it is a. I mean, I'll I'll have taken that over. You know, if if we said, hey, we can't promise that Mbappe or Neymar are gone, but we still want you back, and then. If he says no, you know, it's got to be that or you, you buy me and send me on loan, then I'm happy we bought him, of course. But yeah, it would have been so nice to have him right now. I know he's not the quickest player, but obviously a great, great technical player. Uh, just he'd be a good fit in, in Liga. I mean, he didn't get a lot of playing time under Pochettino, but uh, with what, you know, what young player did. So yeah, you're right. That's just, that is kind of a bummer. I mean, he'll be great in 2024. It's just, what the heck are we going to do right now? So kind of a weird spot where hopefully, hopefully Kang and Lee can be our savior and, and uh, play on the wing. He, he seems to a player that could do it all. 
Um, he's had a really good preseason other than a little hamstring, but really promising from him. And we, some of the other uh, signings as well have looked really good. But it seems like Dembele's coming in, and you could envision a world where he's on – um, you know, he's on the wing. Maybe you've got, we got, you know, Asensio. Don't forget about him. He was one of our first signings. So maybe you've got Debele on the right. Yeah. If I sign a striker, it's that left wing. It might be a little bit tricky, but I think PSG, like I said, they do have some options. If you end up selling Mbappe late in the window, I don't love it. Just because you lose a player like that, you know, money can't play and it doesn't get fans excited. I think, to lift up the ultras, to lift up supporters around the world. Okay, Mbappe left, but look, we brought in a Harry Kane, right? Or we brought in, you know, another Ramos that we talked about from Benfica. Like, people want to see a replacement that they can get excited about because, like, you lose a player like Mbappe, it just takes the wind out of your sails. And so I just think for the team and for the fans, they need that replacement. But that's, on the that's pitch a- and off. <laughs> Yeah, that's a fair point. I get that. Um, although, mm, I, I get it, but also us fans, in relation to the actual coaching staff, we don't know anything. So I kind of just the wanna... coaching staff doesn't know anything. <laughs> true, true. They're they're definitely they make mistakes, but um, I don't know. I I just probably I'm going to keep the faith. I mean, I'm I'm an optimist. I've said that before, but. Um, it's not the worst idea to play Neymar on the left wing if we have to. I know that he's definitely best as a 10 nowadays. And if we had, if it ends up being a lineup of, of him and Asensio on the wings at times, then obviously we don't have quick wingers. But it, under the, the Luis Enrique system, I don't think they ever, I don't, I don't think he's had the fastest wingers at, at Spain. I mean, even that, the Barcelona teams that he had that were great. Uh, they weren't slow by any means, but it's not like speed was their go-to like it is with us and Mbappe right now, so where we're always playing on the counterattack in Champions League, in big Champions League matches. So it's going to be possession-based football. It's going to be pressing. I don't think it's the worst thing if we don't have quick wingers this year. But then again, we've got, uh, we've got probably the quickest fullbacks in, in Europe in Mendes. And yeah. Yeah, true. I mean, if we have wingers that can be, you know, good inside forwards, good inside wingers, and then have those uh, those fullbacks playing out, you know, as wide as possible. We could easily get five or six in attack at times, and just a couple guys back in defense. And it's just, uh, yeah, those fullbacks are going to have to work a lot this year, though, if if we don't have the quickest wingers. So I, I think it's definitely possible to build a solid team without Mbappe. I mean, I don't know. I always just look back to some of these teams that have won the Champions League recently. They were not the most talented on paper. I mean, the Real Madrid team, obviously, they've got legends everywhere, but they're just guys like uh, KCM were not in their prime when they won that Champions League a couple years ago. They were still great. Modric was amazing that whole tournament. But um, you just look at these guys, and I just look at that run. I look at Chelsea's run where their defense was was insane. And you you just look at those, and it's you just think they don't need star players. They don't need guys who will carry the team. They need they need eleven dudes who will all who are all on the exact same page, the exact same wavelength. So if we can sell Mbappe and you know it'll take us a couple months with this squad, especially all these new signings, but if we sell Mbappe and we can't replace him immediately, then I don't mind. If we can just get to, you know, by October, by the, you know, the business end of the group stage for the Champions League can start playing like a really well-oiled machine, then I'm fine with that. So that I guess that's a long way of saying I'm okay if, if we actually don't give Real Madrid a deadline. And if they want to oh think that they've handicapped us by buying Mbappe on the last day of the window, I, I, I'm okay with it. We got January if we really need. Yeah. And I mean, then, what, and then, yeah. Oh, no, go finish, finish your thought. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, what are the odds that we're not in the last 16 of the Champions League? They're low. We've made the Champions League – knock on rounds every single year uh, that we've been in it since QSI took the club over, you know, 12, 13 years ago. So we'll be in the last 16, 99% chance. So it's, it matters, you know, what happens in February and March in those round of 16 ties is that's when it really, really matters. But what were you going to say? No. And I was just, you know, you're kind of, I was saying the kind of put the, the ultimatum to Real Madrid get a bid in, but 
listening to you, I do start to come around because you look at how many signings. I mean, PSG have basically signed almost an entire new team. It certainly feels like a rebuild, especially when you look at the profile of some of the players, very young. Um, Sharon Dorr, for example, Kane Lee have mentioned already. It, it just seems like we are sort of hitting that reset buddy button. We're getting rid of some of those law players that have been around. Mbappe's gone. Messi is gone. Um, so it's hard to do a reset in, in kind of a new era, usher in a new era, and then also win the Champions League. So I think as fans, maybe we do have to set realistic expectations. And, and maybe you're right. Maybe the goal needs to be we got to sell Mbappe. We can't let him leave for nothing. We'll pocket that money. We'll look in January. If nothing's there in the summer, we're going in hard. We'll have our core and let's maybe sign um, where we need to, wherever Enrique, let him build this team. So maybe maybe that would be the, the best way to go. Um, you, I think you've talked me into it. It was last week. I don't know if it was Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, but we all thought representatives from Al-Halal were coming to Paris to negotiate with Mbappe. They had that crazy offer. Um, but instead, it turns out that they were targeting Marco Verratti, who reportedly agreed to join them, uh, came to terms, uh, but the transfer fee was shockingly low. 30 million euro for one of the best midfielders in Europe. Uh, so, Ethan, let me ask you, should... Should PSG want any player who has agreed to terms with uh, any team in the Saudi league? Does that show a lack of ambition or desire? Um, and then the 30 million obviously was, was far too low. Do you think PSG could get more? But I guess the first question I want you to address is like, if Verratti did agree to terms, then just players only go there obviously for the money. And people may say that about PSG, but at least we can offer a top five league in Europe. At least we can offer Champions League football. Al-Halal can't offer anything other than money. And so if Verratti is like, yeah, I'll go there, do we need a player? Do we want a player with that sort of mentality in the team? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I want to know your take on that now, but uh, I'll say my take first. Uh, I don't see it as too much of an issue uh, unless he is asking to, uh, if he's asked to be transfer listed sort of a thing. If he has asked to leave the club 100% and there's no question about it, then maybe we're talking, but I see it more as, you know, if PSG are willing to sell and he's thinking, you know, if the club can get a big fee for me, then at this point in my career, I would definitely be open to just getting the bag. But I'm also, that doesn't make me think that he's also not completely willing to stay with Paris. So I don't personally see it as lack of ambition, uh, but it sounds like you might have a take that's different from mine. So um, if he did, if the reports are true that he did agree to a three year deal with Al Halal, but the only thing holding it up is just the low transfer fee that that does bother me. I've always thought that variety when he, it, he doesn't hate to lose. I think that he likes the lifestyle of being a professional footballer. I think he likes the lifestyle of living in Paris, being a multimillionaire, but I don't think he lives and dies with, achieving the highest things in, in football for him to then say at 30 years old when you're still one of the best midfielders in the game to then go oh, i'm gonna you know go over to the saudi pro league to me that that tells me everything i need to know about his mentality and you can say well people come to psg for money but at least we are a top five league at least we can offer champions league football the Saudi league can't do that. And so for him at this level and for any of those players we just saw um say maximum just go over there I do question their mentality a little bit. Why don't you want to strive to win the biggest trophies in club football? If you're 35 years, if you're Kareem Benzema, do whatever you want. No problem with that. I don't question his mentality. But some of these younger guys, Verratti, St. Maximin, some of the other ones, I do question it. And so if the report is true that he did agree, you know, that, that is a little bit troublesome. But that being said, mentality aside, I would not I would not let him go for 30. It's got to be at least 80 million or more, or otherwise we, PSG should just walk away from the table, and I'd rather keep him and his mentality uh, in the fringe capital. So that, that's my take on Verratti. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, I mean, I disagree with you, but I, I definitely understand the points you made. Um, yeah, it would, I mean, right when the reports came out and – it seemed like when the reports came out, they were the way they were worded that, you know, he was just about out of there. We were all, I was super bummed. You know, I, I tweeted right as it was happening. I'm thinking you know, like, what the hell he can't, 
it can't end like this, you know? I feel like us, us supporters, even though a lot of guys, I, I people are definitely more pro-Variety than they are pro-Marquinhos within the fan base. P- people but, were in tears with this report. They're like, I can't yeah. believe Like, they were in shock. And I'm like, yeah. I don't get it. I've never been a Variety guy, but and that's, just, that's just me. But I, I didn't I, get it. I, I mean, I am. I really like Verratti. Obviously, he, you know, has made some mistakes as far as, um, you know, I mean, people point towards the the Bayern match, the away leg this last year, and you could definitely say he was at fault for both goals. You could argue that, but he's still, you know, he's he's our guy. And yes, he's he's injured a lot, and yes, he misses five matches a year from yellow card exp- ex- uh, suspensions. And yeah, he's like a bit inconsistent, but and he does just, like likes to smoke. It's not you know he does like to smoke. You know he loves a good cigarette, but he's still our guy. And just like with with Marquinhos, I just I know that maybe they're not always the the best players or the best. You know, I mean, but regardless, I just I want to see them. I badly, so badly want to see both of them win the Champions League with us. That I feel like when we lose the first one of them, that we lose. Uh, especially if we've, if it would be Verratti pretty soon, I just feel like that'll be such a bummer. You know, we've gone through the whole the whole beginning of the QSI area era, and we couldn't couldn't win the Champions League for that guy. So, um, and not really of any fault of his own. I mean, there have been years where we could have won it, or he played good enough to win it. It's just the rest of the team wasn't quite there. So, I would just be really bummed if if we lost him, and it's like. Yep, he just he wanted a bunch of domestic trophies, uh, made a final. He didn't start that final because of injury, but he got subbed on, I think. But it would just be such a bummer to not win it with with either of those guys. So that's just where I hold on. I don't feel like I'm very nostalgic about players very often, but for those two and Kempembe, just because he's technically been here since like 2005, with those three guys, I, I am, you know, I don't think with my my brain as much when I'm talking about those guys. I think with my heart a lot more. So the, the difference, like Kempembe, I don't think there's any amount of money he would never go there. If PSG still wanted him, he would never go. So that's why I'm like with Verratti, he would go. He would go, and that's what we found out. He would. We all feel sentimental, whatever. We want to win uh, with him. He doesn't necessarily feel the same way. By agreeing, again, if the report is true, he's like, I'm good with only winning, you know, League on titles and Coupe de France, and I've got my Coupe de la Liga trophy that I love so much. And he's like, I'm good with that. I'm going to go over to the Saudi League now and put my feet up, and that that's my career. He's good with it. Why why can't we be good with that? It seems like, you know, that's, that's what he wants to do, and maybe it will happen if they increase the fee. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if that's his mentality and – um, I'm I'm with you on the fee. I think it needs to be at least it needs to be at least eighty, because his his market value is around sixty. I bet I bet if we had to sell him, sort of a thing, then we'd look to you know for most other clubs for sixty if we kind of had to offload him. But given that it's the Saudi Pro League and that FFP doesn't exist there, and they're using all these signings because their government is trying to raise the profile of football in the country for numerous reasons most of i would argue are uh, bad reasons but um, or immoral reasons i should say it that way but money's not an issue for them they've they've basically got the gdp of a whole country to work with i know people joke that with psg but um i mean if psg was grossly like really like very like over the top breaking ffp rules every year you know we've got fined a lot we're the most fined club in ffp history uh but I mean, we just had a fine of sixty million in the past couple of years. But you know, I mean, if our wage bill was seven hundred million and we were easily the highest spending club in the last like ten years, which by the way we're like fifth on that list, and United is a very clear first. If we were spending double of every club in the last ten years, and our wage bill had been you know, way above everyone else's for years and years and years, which it's only been the last two years of of the, you know, previous 10 years, we've had the highest wage bill twice, you know, last year and then the year before that, both the years that we had Messi. So, but we're not going over the top. You could definitely even argue that we're not the biggest, we're not, I mean, it's not even an argue thing. We're not the biggest spenders in the last 10 years. 
we're not even the biggest spenders since QSI took over the club. Yeah, it's been a lot. And it's, you know, I definitely argue been too much, but we are not, I mean, Al-Halal has a larger net transfer spend than us right now. And I'm sure their wage bill is higher than us right now. Um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, they have unlimited money. So if we can't get 80 million, if they can't overpay 20 million, supposedly, for Verratti, then they don't get him. Um, we'll we'll have to see with him. It's just kind of can he get it together and um, not not make the silly mistakes. So we'll have to see. It'll be an interesting storyline. I think let's just wrap this one up. I think he stays, Ethan. What do you think? You think Verratti stays or goes? Yeah, I think he stays as well. Yeah, yeah. It'll be surprising um, if he does go. So PSG um, official signing of goalkeeper. Hopefully, I pronounced this right. Arno Tennis from Barcelona's B team, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, so if you count Ekatike, Xavi Simmons, uh, the club signed, I think, that the goalkeeper. Tennis is like the ninth signing this summer. They still, in my opinion, need to sign a striker. We've talked about that a little bit. But overall, amazing transfer window. A lot of really good incoming players. Some veterans, some young players. A really good mix. Outgoing players, we still need some work on that. There's some players that are just, you know, chilling in the loft, as they say. So we need to, you know, they're taking up space. We got to find either the Saudi League with Draxler or, or you know, send them somewhere. They, they got to go. Um, but with the transfer window in general, any overall thoughts on, on all the moves? Do you, do you think there's another position we need other than striker? Just kind of what do you think so far with another a backup goalkeeper coming in? Yeah, I know a lot of people have mentioned, um, and I'll try not to go forever about these because I guess I could talk about six different points here, but just to kind of go quick fire, a lot of people have thought that we need a, another defensive midfielder behind Ugarte. I think at this point that we've got a lot of midfielders and it looks like we're not going to sell that many. So, you know, maybe Renato Sanchez will go on loan, but I think we have enough guys where we could sort of have a makeshift defensive midfielder in games that Ugarte isn't playing. And we should be fine, you know, because he's going to play all the games against the good league on teams and in Champions League matches. So if we're playing, uh, I'm trying to think of a bad league on team. I was going to say Auxerre, but they got relegated, sadly. They're my second favorite club in France, um, but I can't use them because they're in Ligue 2. Um, just any, any you know, kind of relegation battling team in, in, in Ligue 1, that's when we can play someone like, you know, well, I want Warren Zyre Emery to get a lot of minutes this year, but... You know, someone like him or Sharon Doerr, if we don't end up loaning him out, not sure. it doesn't sound like we're going to loan him out. Um, but I feel like we've honestly got enough depth at the midfield position now that I'm not too worried. I know that our concern most of these last couple of years have been that our midfield isn't good enough to win the Champions League. I feel like we just kind of have to – I doubt we're getting Bernardo Silva. And if we did, we'd play him on a wing most likely. Um, although, yeah, probably – well – I don't know. I mean, he's pretty flexible. He can kind of go wherever. But I just don't, I don't think that's going to happen. It seems like yeah, I don't hold him. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen either. So I feel like we just got to roll with what we've got. But um, it is weird thinking that PSG, you know, given our uh, QSI's affinity and love for signing high-profile attackers, that the attack is basically the only thing that we desperately need to focus on. So um, I mean, the wing backs were good. I mean, center backs we've got enough. Um, yeah, midfield, we've got a bunch of guys. Um, yeah, I really feel like it's just, you know, what's the deal with a potential Mbappe replacement? And then we got to go and get that striker. I still want, uh, Ramos from Benfica. We'll see if it happens. I mean, apparently the Vlahovic deal has got a little more complicated because he's got uh, a chronic groin, uh, strain, which Who based on his doesn't have a chronic groin. <laughs> that is funny. Um, his, uh, yeah, if you look at his like transfer marked injury history, then yeah, you see a bunch of that kind of thing. Um, that was kind of a good one liner. Um, but um, that, that, and maybe an Mbappe replacement. And I know that it's not the most star studded team, definitely, but um, I will say this you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Wage Bill, apparently, what some people have said. And I, I just love talking about it. So I'm just going to mention it real quick. But, um, a couple of those sites, they came out with their estimate for what our wage bill is. And we have far more players than we did last season. I mean, we truly have depth in every midfield and defensive position for once. 
and goalkeeper. And we have yet to eliminate, you know, offload a bunch of the deadwood. I still think by the deadwood that we're realistically going to offload, we'll probably get, I don't know, 30, 40 million in fees while also cutting, I don't know, 50 million off the wage bill. Uh, selling players for a big fee is not the most important thing. I will say that as well. It's the wages are, I mean, cl- football clubs pay more in wages than they do in transfer fees. So that's the really important part of, of you know, signing a player or selling a player. So um, I, I feel like we're still going to cut that much off the wage bill. And our wage bill is estimated to be about exactly what it is, what it was last year, uh, you know, throughout the duration of the season, which it's still too high. It needs to get lower, but that'll just happen with some of these deadwood sales, like I said. It's estimated to be around $350 million right now. If we sell Mbappe, then we're well under 290 and then we're going to sell other Deadwood guys. So even if we keep Mbappe, and if we can just, like you said, uh, it's just a lot of players in, not a lot of players out, but we, I figured it, it's, it's going to be harder for us to get players out. Teams know that they can wait to the last minute against us and put in a, a cheap you know, $4 million bid for Paredes or Diallo if he's in the loft. Uh, teams are going to bid, you know, 500 grand for Navas right at the end of the window. I promise you. Um, so we're just going to have to wait, but yeah, if we can sell a lot of the guys in the loft, if we can sell, I mean, gosh, there's probably like 10 of them. If we can even sell seven, I mean, I'll just list some of them off. Kurzawa and or Juan Bernat, um, Navas, let's think maybe Colin Dagba, maybe Diallo, uh, we've got a lot of midfielders, Wijnaldum, Paredes. Um, we've got Draxler as well. And then Sanchez, I think there maybe. are maybe Renato Sanchez. I've been wanting us to sell Soler. Um, I just don't think – I know that players usually improve in their second season, but I feel like out of the midfielders we signed, he was easily the worst. So he, he's I not going to get any playing time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see Fabian Ruiz and Renato Sanchez improving this year. You know, if they improve – a good amount from last year, then they're probably good players for us. But if Soler improves the same amount, he went from being awful to being okay, I feel like. So I feel like it would take a it would have to take a lot for him to be a serviceable player for us this year. So but yeah, out of that list, if we sell all but two or three, then you know financially we're in a real good spot, even if we don't sell Mbappe. So yeah, that's yeah. that's all I mean, yeah, just the sales plus, you know, those two, you know, striker, maybe Mbappe replacement. After that, I feel like we're, you know, decent in a decent spot. For me, the minute Xavi Simmons came back from PSV, even though we did loan him to Leipzig, maybe that was part of the whole deal and why he even agreed to come back. But when he, when that whole decision and he came back to us and there's no like option to buy for Leipzig, A plus for me, like, I, I said when Enrique came in, first thing he's got to do, pick up the phone, talk to him, get him back here. I don't know if that was what happened, but Javi came back to us, and he's a PSG player now on loan at Leipzig. So A-plus for me just from that standpoint alone. Um, I think Ugarte, he's going to be fantastic. You know, the last time we signed a player from Sporting, uh, Nuno Mendes, he could be arguably the best left back in Europe right now. So I really think he's got a, a huge, huge um, upside to him. I think that is great. $60 million was a little bit pricey, but that was the, the bias. We had to pay it. Um, who else? Skriniar, if he can shake off the back injury, solid center back. Marquinhos is finally going to have someone with him um, that I think has the quality of a Thiago Silva that we haven't had since he left. So I think uh, Marquinhos, look for him to hopefully have a, ba- a bounce back season just because he's got a real, um, you know, and not Sergio Ramos, he's aging. You know, we know what he's capable of, but at his age, just wasn't the same player he was at Real Madrid. So um, I think Skriniar still has plenty to, to show us. So again, if he can stay healthy. So overall, I love the transfer window. I mentioned it earlier, it's like PSG basically signed an entire new team. And we've got more signings to come. The striker, I think, is going to be crucial. We absolutely have to sign a striker. And then depth at maybe one or two positions. But I don't think we need any more starters. I think we've got our squad other than a striker right now. 
And then if Mbappe does end up going, which I think he does go, I don't know if I asked you this, but I, I'm pretty confident he is going to go uh, in the month of August. He's going to get his bonus, whatever else is owed to him, and then Real Madrid will, will send us a bid whenever that happens. But I think he will go, and, and then we'll have to replace him. But I think it's a very promising transfer window. Um, let, let's go ahead and uh, we'll get... We'll get Campos on screen because he's been working that phone. <laughs> if you're yeah, watching he's, this on YouTube, he, he's been all over the place making deals. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to say, Ethan? Oh, no, I was just going to kind of go off of the fact that you posted the Luis Campos photo. Um, you know, obviously the fan base is kind of split on him, but I think he's been doing a good job. I think this whole – he recruits not opposite, but pretty different from how QSI recruits and operates and signs players. Mm-hmm. And I just think we, we've needed more of a balance of signing, uh, you know, big name guys as well as signing a lot of young players. And Campos is a proven, uh, you know, he spots talent. He knows talent. He essentially discovered Mbappe, Bernardo Silva, amongst a bunch of other players. He created that, you know, Monaco Champions League uh, squad. that They made the semifinals and had basically probably the best league season ever honestly, um, or, or at least close to as far as attacking. I mean, I think they set the team goals record that year, but I just, I, I trust Campos and I feel like him working with that man. Yeah. It was perfect timing. Uh, that man right there. I feel like it's going to be a, a good setup. I feel like between the two, um, I don't think either two of them are my way of the highway kind of guys. And I think there's just going to be a really good blend of, of players coming in. So I know a lot of people said, I put out a poll that kind of relates to this recently. Um, but I said, you know, do you feel good about our transfer window or do you feel good about the squad right now? And I think it was right after the preseason loss and uh, something else had happened. Oh, maybe like the Verati news was kind of in the uh, getting talked about a bunch then. But I, I put that out and I think it was majority no. And I, I'm just going to hope that that's people being reactionary because, you know, are people, I, I think, do people forget that we signed Javi Simons for $6 million just a couple weeks ago? Do people forget that we got our six of the future with Manuel Garte? Are they forgetting that we also got Skriniar? We've got, you know, good depth on the right wing. You know, maybe, I mean, best case scenario, we'll see, but maybe Asensio or if we end up signing Dembele. Endure, uh, I didn't read or look up, look up uh, a bunch about him before we signed him. And then the first time he got on the pitch and I was looking at numbers, I was thinking that's how tall Endure is. I was like, wow. I don't know why. I I just didn't expect that. I was expecting a smaller guy. I don't know why. Um, But yeah, he's tall. Like, I don't know. He's that's going to be, he will not be a bad option on the set pieces. So I think overall, I I know that things maybe the last week hasn't been ideal. You know, maybe Verratti leaving the Mbappe thing is getting tense and some other stuff, but I think we should be optimistic and we should be hopeful about how this transfer window is going. You know, it's, we're not going to fix it all in one season. I don't think we're going to win the champions league this year. I don't even, you know, we might not even make the semis, but it's just about moving in the right direction. You know, mm-hmm. we can't stagnate. We can't just stay in the same spot. If you're not working to get better then you're getting worse kind of a thing. So just, it's not all going to get fixed in in a year. I know that people like to think of each year as like so important in the grand scheme of things. You know, yeah, you know, life is short. It might seem like we don't have a bunch of time or whatever, but like these things take time. I mean, look at how long it took Man City from when Pep Guardiola took over. He won the Champions League in his That's a great point. seventh season. I mean, they didn't give up on him, and for good reason. So, yeah, I mean, they were winning the Premier League a lot. That definitely helps. But, um, I mean, he's not the only example of just hold on to a guy for a little bit, just keep a system in place and just work with it. And clearly this is a system that clubs like Bayern, Real Madrid, you know, use. They're they're not, you know, you don't see many successful teams in football just go out and spend an insane amount of money on high uh, reputation old players and it works out. I mean, look, the last team that spent a bunch of money, Chelsea, their season was garbage last year. Real Madrid have a net spend of just like a hundred million the last ten years. You know, they they spent far less than we have, 
but they operate like a proper football club. So I would just tell fans, you know, even if times are grim, try and look at the big picture, try and just not take things, you know, week by week, you know, it's, it's bigger than that. So that's kind of all I got to say. I know that was long, but, um, keep us all yeah. level headed. I like that. Yeah. Message. And keep the faith. Yeah. We'll be fine. We got, we, Enrique and Campos are smart guys. And if we just let them cook, then we're probably gonna be in a good spot. And I would also say all of the signings, they want, these are guys that want to be here. Messi, they knew Messi was leaving. They may have even known that Neymar potentially could be on the move. They probably assumed, like all of us, that Mbappe is going to go. And they still chose PSG. Endure. He chose to be here. I'm sure there were several teams. I think Chelsea maybe and some other teams were interested in him. He could have gone anywhere. He came here. Xavi Simmons could have stayed at PSV. He could have, you know, didn't want to. He came back here. So what? I, Ugarte, again, Chelsea, I think. Uh, some other clubs were interested in him. But all these guys chose to be here despite Messi not being here and Mbappe. These are guys who want to be here in Paris. They want to play for the badge. They want to win. If you can't get behind that, I mean, that's what we've all been crying out. We want guys who are here not because of the money, but because they want to win and want to be part of a project. And I love it. So I, I don't think there's any guy here that you think is here just for the money. Because they all had options. Every single one of these players had options. They could have gone elsewhere. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, Sharon Dewar, his parent club, I don't I don't know. Oh, you know, he technically had made his debut for Benfica, I think. But you look at it on, on paper, his parent, his club last year finished above us in the Champions League group stages. And it doesn't mean they're necessarily a better club, but I mean, Benfica is always, I mean, oh, yeah. Benfica is the probably the best talent pool as far as like a single club. Uh, they have literally sold a billion dollars worth of players in the past 10, 15 years. So there's nowhere better. No, nowhere, no one grows talent better than Benfica essentially. So um, yeah, you look at that. Exactly. Just all the things you mentioned. I mean, yeah, some of these guys are, you know, it's reported that uh, Lucas Hernandez and, and Skriniar are making 10, 15 mil a week. And yeah, I mean, maybe that's a little higher than what they could have made elsewhere. But if you think of the amount that, that French taxes take off, PSG just naturally has to pay players 20% higher for them to bring home the same amount of money. So, yeah, I mean, unless you see a player taking an offer double of what we're giving them at this point, as far as salary, then um, I really don't think you can say, oh, yeah, solely for the money. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, we know that we're not maybe getting the most talented players. I mean, if Mbappe's out the door because he doesn't want to be here, we're losing the most talented player on the planet. But just like the teams in the 90s I've talked about, those were not the most talented. They were just a great team who would do anything for each other. It's just, yeah, we, we need a team like that. So um, because we've got the we've got the capability to bring in, you know, a good blend or a good, you know, amount of talent compared to guys who want to be here and fight for the badge. So we have we have the ability to make way more talented teams than we did in the 90s. So if we can just do that, bring in, have a squad of 20 guys who desperately want to be the first men to win the Champions League for Paris Saint-Germain, then it's good with me. And I feel like this current team is looking, you know, it's trending upwards towards that. Excellent thoughts, Ethan. Let's wrap up. Uh, we're going a little long here. Uh, we've got a. We've mentioned it early at the beginning of the show. PSG. They've got a uh, preseason friendly against Inter Milan on Tuesday, bright and early at four a.m. for us again. Not sure we're going to catch this one live, but it's got some interest to it. Some people, you know, when I was like, well, if Arati does go, who do you want to replace him with? A lot of Barella uh, mentions they want to see him come into the club. Uh, then there's also Marcus Turam, who was uh, rumored to maybe be a PSG transfer target. He opts to go to Inter Milan instead. We could see both of those players. So what are you going to be looking for in this one? It's probably the, the best test, you know, coming off of losing to Osaka. I, I don't have high hopes that we'll win this match. But again, as always, no injuries. Let's look fluid. Let's, you know, the link up play. Let's score some goals. Let's play sound defense, fundamental. Let's see Enrique's playing style. That's what I'm going to be looking for. Nothing too specific. I just want to see 
a team starting to come together a little bit, a formation coming together, maybe starting to see some of the players who are going to be in the starting lineup, how they're getting along. Um, what are you going to be looking for? Any player in particular? Anybody from yeah. Inter Milan? Yeah, no one in particular. I guess it'll – I just don't know what where Inter Milan are at in their preseason. So I have no clue their lineup could be. I don't know if Tromer is going to start. I, I don't know. But um, as far as us – I think that if we're going to pick a game, it, this seems pretty obvious, but if we're going to pick a game to say, hey, this is a little more than a friendly, you know, this is a game that we need to go out and try and win, I'd like it to be that one. And I'd like to see more of our starters get 60-plus minutes in this game. Again, I don't think anyone should play the full 90. It's just kind of not worth it, especially when, you know, you can sub someone off and play a young player for 30, 35 minutes and, that's you know big for player development but um i i do want to see a little more of the starting lineup because the match that we had um i'm just thinking the one against al nasser uh we that game could have been 4-1 or 5-2 if teams were clinical uh we just we had a bunch of young guys up top i think lamina and garby were up top for that game and you know they're talented it's just the finishing isn't quite there and that's understandable i get that so I just I want to see more of our proven players, our guys who are going to be, you know, do, playing significant minutes. Do we in think those we'll positions. see Neymar? Do you think we'll see him get some playing time? Uh, I'm. I mean, that's a tough one. I think maybe maybe thirty minutes. Yeah. Maybe he'd be a guy that gets subbed on at the end. Highly doubt he plays more than forty-five, but we'll see. I guess. But um, yeah, like you said, I don't nothing in particular, but I would like to see. I mean, I feel like we shouldn't just totally slack off the idea of getting results in preseason. I would really like us to win this game. Um, and if we get thrashed, then I know it's just preseason, but I'd be a little worried because it's like, come on, this is our most high-profile game of the preseason, and let's give a little bit. So, Yeah, I mean, even if we lose, but it's maybe like 4-3, and we you know, we were leading at halftime, yeah. but we did mass subs. That I mean, that's fine. I don't know if the result yeah. is super important, but I want to see some goals, especially with a team that goes out there. I'd love to see Neymar. Um, you mentioned where Inter might be in their preseason. So we've got the friendly on Tuesday. Then uh, Inter will play Salzburg um, the following Wednesday, it looks like, on August 9th, and then their season starts. So um, they're, they're probably around where we are in the preseason and, um, in terms of games. So it'll be a really good test. We'll have to see, you know, if they go for it, it will be in Japan, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's why the, the time for us is so early. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I think I'm mostly going to be looking to see if Neymar gets out there and if he does, how does he look? We all, I mean, that, that's probably the biggest injury question that we have is how is that ankle going to hold up in a in a match against high uh quality players uh like inter milan have how's he going to hold up how's that ankle going to hold up i have my questions but i want to see it and so maybe we'll we'll get to see it for 30 minutes so that's a, certainly something to keep an eye on yeah yeah and i guess i should have mentioned it when you asked me the first time but um i want to see our defense uh, they can maybe allow one goal if it's just a, a worldy or something like that. But uh, I feel like our goals that we allowed from the the game against Osaka just a couple days ago, obviously neither of us were watching it live, but um, it was just – it was kind of bad mistakes from the defense that allowed these goals. And especially I've uh, – it seems like with, uh, with us, and I think it's just kind of a trend in football, but it seems like our center back partnerships – seem to take a while to get set up. So getting two new center backs in Hernandez and Skriniar, I want to see how quickly they can kind of figure that out and, and get in a good rhythm to where they uh, – because it really is. you got to have good communication back there with Marquinhos as, you know, usually playing as captain and then whichever one of them is in or sometimes it won't be Marquinhos. But, yeah, I just want to see our center backs have a good, uh, good communication, good develop a good partnership – in the back because we definitely have not seen that so far this preseason. Yeah. And, and if you're watching on YouTube, we've got screen yard up, it, you know, he's going up against his old club enter. Uh, we're in the champions league final. So it will be a very good test for PSG as they prepare for the season. Um, a lot of moving parts uh, still, still to go. We've got a striker to sign. We've got Mbappe potentially going out more transfer business work to do. The matches are going to start coming 
fast. So this is an exciting time to be a PSG supporter. Um, and we thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. If you can leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, we would very much appreciate that. Uh, Ethan, thank you so much. I know I kept you late here on a Sunday night. Um, hope you all enjoy, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.